Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Chin Music. We are recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, there could be a deal at any moment. There might not be a deal for another two weeks. We don't know. But that's all we have to talk about right now. Although I do want to talk to Roy about the proposed pitch clock and how that could affect play. Also, where our new stances might be on the shift. But, of course, we have to start off with the fact that the owners and the players still have not come to an agreement. I have very strong opinions on why I think that is. We'll see if Roy agrees with me. Again, this is Chin Music, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always go to TalkNorth.com. If you love Roy's stories, you might want to go back in the archives, find all of his great stories. Uh, you can also find all of our other shows, our outdoor content, our sports content, our newer shows like Mike Grimm and On the Bench. Thank you for listening. Also, follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see our shows as they are released and see information on our live shows, by the way, March 26, 7 p.m. Chin Music will be live at 11 Wells Distillery. Come on out. It's a cool distillery. Great uh, liquors, great whiskeys, great rum, uh, great cocktails, cool space. Uh, come out and see us. We will have a bunch of specials aligned with that. And we'll tell you about those later. All right, let's get to it, Roy. Uh, the owners keep walking up to the brink pretending they're ready to cut a deal and then coming up with some excuse not to. It looks to me like they're trying to uh, damage the players standing with the public, make it look like the players are the people who are being unreasonable here. The latest example of this is coming close to a deal and then saying that there's a dispute over the international draft, which I'm not going to say it's not an important uh, factor or an important issue, but it's not that important an issue to kill a season over. It feels to me like the owners are using it as a wedge issue to make it look like the players are being unreasonable. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the, that's part of it. The other part of it is just probably a negotiating tactic of, uh, of wearing down the players psychologically. Right. So uh, we've got, we've almost got a deal. No, we don't have a deal. We need this. Oh, we almost got a deal. No, we don't have a deal. We need this. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's one thing. If they're just not talking, it's another thing if they talk, but the but they're you know way far apart. But in negotiations, what you know what often happens is one side will get you know kind of emotionally invested in in getting the deal done, and then and then the other side comes back and said, yeah, except for we want also want this. And so I think there's probably a little a little bit of both on uh, uh, of those things. You know, what's funny is as we talk about this, it reminded me when I used to do stories about Carl Polad and his negotiating practices. Because Carl uh, foreclosed on a lot of farms uh, during the Depression, and he made his fortune with his negotiating style. And his negotiating style was to get people 
up to the point where they're ready to sign something and then ask for one more thing. Always ask for one more thing. Get people to the point where they are emotionally committed and then get something extra out of the deal. That really feels like the strategy here. And let's face it, you know, the players are players and they have in since the era of Marvin Miller, they've done very well in these negotiations because they relied on Marvin Miller. They relied on Donald Fear. Uh, but the the bill, you know, the billionaires are on the owner's side, and these people negotiate for a living. Yeah, it's really true, and I think I think we you know we said the same thing. You're exactly right. That that, that is a negotiating tactic, you know, to uh, get uh, people you know in. In any negotiation, it's difficult. It's difficult. Difficult. Okay, fine. This is. This looks like the right thing. I'm gonna. You know, I I, I get to get over my emotion about this. I I get to have a have a deal and move forward. And oh yeah, then there's one more thing from the other side. And you know, there's a term for that in in negotiations. And and I I really think that's what you know. That's exactly what's been. You know what's what's happening here. And and. Um, it, the players have put themselves over in history. They, you know, they they put themselves in a good position because they've meant what they've said a couple of times, very significant times. You know, we went out in in eighty one. Uh, it, it was a it was a big fiasco in ninety four when they, you know they lost that season and and uh, but the players you know the players have stood firm in 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 things that are you know are are really important structurally. Uh, to uh, to them in, in in the game. Now I think you know. So we've talked about this. It's it's about money. It's about how you split up the pie uh, in an industry that's going to make a bunch of dough this year. And how do you how do you split that up this year and for years to come? And how do you not set yourself up if you're the players to give in a lot to to go against what's always been their strong suit, which is has been you know hold firm on the stuff that's really important, but. Uh, when it's just about money, uh, it's it, it start it's it's a little bit more difficult, I think, to uh, take a real hard line, you know, hard line stance. And so, you know, when they when, when they are emotionally committed to saying, okay, this this amount of money, speaking of the whole pie, you know, whatever the thing is, whether it's you know an arbitration year or whether it's uh, minimum salary, or whether it's whether it's the salary uh, cap, or whatever it is, in the in the whole scheme of things, if it's just about how you split the pie, it's a little bit easier to you know get emotionally, you know, get psychologically to the point where okay, let's 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 make a deal and go play, right? And and so I think I think that's they're being that's being played out a bit. Yes. Uh, one thing I like about these negotiations is they pretty much settled on raising the minimum salary by like 23%. It's a huge raise from fi- about 500,000 to about 700 some thousand. I always thought that's what the union should do is, is reward, you know, because if you, you know, it, when we're talking about baseball in terms of who's going to win a championship, who's building a championship roster, it's easy to, Talk about the fringe players, you know, not being very good, not being very helpful in this process. The reality is they are one percenters. If you make it to the big leagues, you are a stunning success in your field. It's incredibly hard to make to the major leagues. I do think the minimum salary should be fairly high. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I, um, it, I think from the from the players union standpoint, 
um, you really got to think about all of your players. That's what they try to do. And they, they've all, you know, traditionally thought that, you know, if, if they raise the bar, the, the ceiling on the star players, you know, that, that water will, you know, that additional water will raise all boats. Right. But it's, it, it's, it's going to be, uh, it, it, I think it works on either extreme because I think if it, one, I agree with you, uh, that, that, that you ought to take care of your guys in the big leagues, uh, economically, I don't mean just mean players association. I mean, the owners, you bring somebody up to the big leagues, you know, you bring, you, you bring up Alex Kirilov and he plays a, a, a pretty major role to your point. Um, if you get to the big leagues, you're, you're an excellent, uh, baseball player, uh, in the scheme of things, you ought to get paid. You ought to get paid for that. And, uh, so I agree with that. But the other thing is that on the low end, I think if you, if you pay the younger players, the, the players that are coming up the minors, you pay them more, then that ought to raise, that ought to raise all boats too. That ought to contribute because, we we've talked about this. If you're going to pay Scherzer or you're going to pay Garrett Cole, you know this incredible amount of money, then almost by definition, or 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 let's not use the Yankees or or, uh, uh, or the Dodgers. Let's let's just use the Twins. If you're going to pay uh, a, a, a one guy or two a whole lot of money, then as we've said, the mid the mid market mid level players. Are, are going to get squeezed and they're going to go to the, uh, to the Kirloffs and Larnix uh, and pay them, you know, pay them less money so that they can afford paying the, the, the big stars, you know, big money. And, you know, you, it's not a lot. I mean, 23% is a big rate. And that's, that's really good for the, you know, for the major league minimum, but I, in and of itself, but I, it just occurs to me that maybe it will help, you know, maybe it will help all players, uh, to some degree, just the way that that the you know big guys making a bunch of money helps all players. Yeah, the other interesting thing that has arisen in reporting over the last week or two has been that we always talk about the player owner divide for obvious reasons, but what you also see playing being played out in these negotiations is the owner owner divide, and that is the arguments over the the competitive balance tax. It's really amazing because they are aimed right now at two teams, the Dodgers and what other owners fear Steve Cohen's going to do with the Mets. The Yankees don't spend they spend a lot of money. They don't spend ridiculously more than their opponents. I mean, there was a time when the Yankees just outspent everybody else. Now the Dodgers outspend everybody else and the Mets are kind of promising to go at the Dodgers, maybe even go beyond the Dodgers in terms of payroll. So like all these new uh, negotiating points about competitive balance tax are really owners, you know, really trying to to safeguard themselves against two teams. You know, it's always been the case. Uh, it was uh, one team, as you say, for a long time. It was the it was the Yankees, and then the Red Sox joined the fray. The Cubs, uh, you know, the the Dodgers. There were there were teams that could spend a lot of money, and and they did. And to the to the point that that you made. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that uh, I put an exclamation point on, I punctuated, I think, um, it's always been about the owners going to the players. I mean, always, since I've been, since I started getting involved with it, 
since I was involved with this in 1976, it's always about the owners coming to the players on these collective bargaining agreements and saying, you have got, we have got to put in your rules. You have got to put into this uh, some rules that will help us not spend money because we can't help ourselves. It's always, it's always been that way. And so now, which is since that just has never worked with the players, you know, players scoff at that, and rightly so, in my opinion. Um, it, now, what you have is uh, they're trying to address that issue of how we can't afford for us to us quote in quotes spend this money, meaning you know the teams have got a lot of money and and are prone to to do that. We can't afford that, so we have to put a, a salary cap on things. And once again, it's a it's a collective bargaining ask of the players to put a limit on how much they can make because of, to your point, it, it, at this it, at this point, two two teams. And again, the players are saying, you know, not our problem. Absolutely, I'm, I gave the Pete Rose example, like you know, last uh, last week about you know, players don't go to the owners with it with a shotgun, right? I mean, they they. They uh, advertise their wares. They, they go market their wares, and somebody pays them a whole bunch of money, and then and then that kind of sets the standard. And that's what the owners are trying to, you know, are, are trying to legislate away, if you will. And and uh, there are an awful lot of a lot of uh, a lot of this stuff it is, you know, I'm not against uh, owners per se. I'm I, as we've talked about on on this show. You know, owners of businesses uh, take the risk in 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 the business. They should get paid. Uh, there should be protections, you know, as best you can in an industry, especially that makes this this much money. But but you know, that's one thing that will never fly, and that is uh, the owners having to go, you know, get uh, agreements from the players to rein in owners' spending. I mean, they're just going to have to figure something else out. And you're right about and this has also gone on forever the split the rift and it's and it's the um, it's the owners that have big local tv and radio uh contracts versus everybody else well i'll tell you about a special show march 26 7 p.m lavelle neal myself will be at 11 wells distillery in st paul it's a little bit north of the city uh convenient parking great cool old brick space, a Minnesota distillery that uses Minnesota grains. Everything is Minnesota based and, uh, and it's just a cool local business. Uh, so uh, at that live show, uh, 11 Wells will have swag to give away to customers who come up and ask questions. We'll have a live mic there. You can come ask us about anything. And by the way, it's a baseball show, but we also, Lavelle and I cover everything. You can come up and ask about the Vikings or anything else as well. Uh, we are going to, uh, you know, if you go into 11 Wells anytime between now and then and mention Chin Music, you will get a buy one, get one free cocktail or drink. Um, and anybody who shows up at the live podcast will get a coupon for a future free drink on your next visit uh, anytime after April 1st. So we're doing a lot of cool stuff here. We want to get people out there because it's such a cool space, but it's not like, you know, in a city center where you're just going to walk by and notice you have to you have to go there with intent. So we're going to give people a reason to go to 11 Wells Distillery with intent and see what we've been talking about. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come out and check it out. Uh, 11 Wells Distillery. I also want to thank Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of Talk North Live Shows. 
we appreciate Corona jumping on board with us. And now let's get to something really important, the work that Memorial Blood Centers does in our community. This month, give blood with local Memorial Blood Centers, and you'll make twice the impact. For every unit of blood donated, Memorial Blood Centers will donate $1 to Second Harvest Heartland, helping ensure folks living with blood insecurity can get healthy, nutritious food that they need. Double your impact without even opening your wallet. Learn more about how you can help or schedule an appointment to give blood at mbc.org or call 1-888-448-3253. Your community is counting on you. Thanks, as always, to Better Edge if you're placing bets. Uh, don't be like Calvin Ridley. Don't bet on your industry. Go to Better Edge and bet on somebody else's industry. Combine your love for competition, social, and sports with Better Edge, the sports betting exchange that actually gives back to its bettors. Better Edge is a brand new locally based betting platform meant to connect users and attempt to add some coin to the bank. Completely legal and 100% fun, compete against friends, sports insiders, and yourself with Better Edge in a number of different sports and event competitions. In fact, you can follow me. My username is Sonny Everett on this platform to see what my picks are. Use code CHIN for a free $10 when you sign up by visiting betteredge.com. That's B E T. T-O-R, edge.com. And thanks also to one of Lavelle Neal's favorite spots in the Twin Cities, Perfect Ash. March Madness has arrived. And you can celebrate March Madness at the Perfect Ash in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. The Perfect Ash has over 340 cigar brands. You can sit in the nice lounge with leather chairs and then sit with like-minded individuals while you're watching your favorite college team try to make the big dance. And for $10, you can enter the NCAA pool in which all proceeds go to help the local Shriners Foundation. That's the perfect ash located in Invergrove Heights. All right, now let's get to a couple of actual things that have been proposed that will affect the play of the game. Uh, we've been hearing about a potential 14-second pitch clock. I don't know if that's going to end up being part of the agreement or if it's just something that's getting floated as a tri- on a trial basis, whatever. Uh, but, Roy, what do you think of the idea of a 14-second pitch clock? You know, I'm willing to try anything. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm willing to consider uh, anything, and, and if it will, um, if it will speed up the game a little bit. When you know, there when I played, there were two human rain delays in, in the league. Uh, one was uh, Mike Hargrove, uh, the other one was Carlton Fisk, and you could not get them to stay in the box, uh, in the batter's box. Uh, they 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 had to uh, do all of their little mannerisms and think about all kinds of stuff and and uh, I think that that's part of the issue that's it's less about time per se and more about appearance. If you're sitting in the stands, well, I'll just say this: if you're standing at shortstop waiting for these guys yeah. to you know to finish up, it's like oh you get in the box. I mean, let's go. Uh, there's a, it, it, so I think it's appearance and it, it, it more than anything, probably if you're sitting in the stands and you're watching this lovely game of baseball, that is a, is a pastoral kind of slow rhythmic, uh, kind of joy. It, it, there's a fine line between slow rhythmic and oh my God, it does get it moving. And so I, I think from an optic standpoint, I'd be interested to see if, you know, if that works, how it works. Here's what it's gonna. Here's what it's gonna do. Here's what I. Here's something that. It, it, this is a run. 
hitters are trying to think about all the, the time, and I used to do this too. I mean, at there, as the pitch count developed, I went up there with a certain plan, and as the pitch count developed, you know, you have to make some pretty immediate adjustments as to, okay, what does that mean? I mean, is he trying to go away or is he trying to come in on me relative to what I what I thought? Is he going to throw me more breaking balls or, or is, am I going to see some fastballs? In this particular count, what's going to happen? Uh, and what do I want to do about that? And, I, you know, I used to step out for a second and get my thoughts together. And, and sometimes it's a change of plan with two strikes. It's like, okay, uh, I wanted to pull the ball. I wanted to get a fastball, try to hit the ball in the ballpark. Now I, I got to protect with two strikes. I got to, I, I got to do something totally different. And I back out of the box. And I get my mind straight about that with 14 seconds. It's just going to speed up the computer here. <laughs> and, you're, and, and for both the pitcher and the hitter, the good news is from, you know, from, you know, fans look watching the pitcher, you know, you're not going to be able to shake off a million things. You, you, the, as you're, you and the catcher have to be on the same page. And I like that. It's going to force that much more often. And I like the sound of that. Uh, from a hitter's standpoint, it's going to speed things up in terms of you got to know your plan and you got to be able to adjust on the fly like right now. I mean, 14 seconds for uh, hitters and pitchers is going to be a real change in terms of getting their mind right before the next pitch. Both, you know, both guys. So on the one hand, you say, no, oh, that's it. I don't know. I mean, if I were a player, either on the mound or at the plate, I'd want to be able to take all the time I, I want to to get my mind straight about what I'm doing. Uh, on the other hand, you know what? Let's let's try let's try speeding up the computer. See if the computer can handle doesn't doesn't short out, right? <laughs> see if people don't implode because they can't they, they can't figure it out fast enough. And first pass, I, I'm I'm kind of interested in trying that. Yeah, I'd like to see it tried. I also think maybe. We should test out the Jim Cott uh, pitch clock, which is you <laughs> cannot t- hold the ball for more than 0.3 seconds. <laughs> well, so, th- but that's that's kind of what I'm uh, what I'm talking about. With Kitty, it, in order for Kitty to be able to do what he did in terms, of, as soon as he got the ball back from the catcher, he was pretty much ready to go right now. And what that meant was, a he and the catcher, a he knew what he wanted to throw uh, every before uh, he, he knew what he wanted to throw two or three pitches in advance. Right. He had to, he couldn't, he couldn't throw it that off, you know, that quickly uh, without, without knowing. And so what Kitty was able to do is said, okay, I'm going to throw up sinker here, or, you know, or, or I'm going to come inside or whatever. <clears throat> if that's a strike, I know what I'm going to do next. If it's not a strike, I know what I'm going to do next. Let's go. You know? And, and so <clears throat> I like that aspect of it too. It is, you know, I, the, the one thing that makes me laugh about it is we used to have a, we, <laughs> we used to have a saying, and I imagine they still do, but it was, it was uh, prevalent when I played, you know, somebody would do something and, and it, it would turn out badly and he'd come in the dugout. And first thing you do is, well, I thought, you know, and somebody would say, don't think you hurt the team. Yep. And, and what I'm really interested in is, you get some of these guys not thinking anymore or having to think way faster than, you know, than the allotted uh, than, than they have in the past. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm not sure it's a bad thing. No. And you also think about other <laughs> sports. I mean, the best quarter, you know, quarterbacks have to make literally split second decisions. NBA players, bat, uh, hockey players, 
constantly making split second decisions. I think that baseball players can handle that. So here's the other thing that I here's the thing that I that I like about it. I think I've told this this uh, Gaylord Perry story too about how he would uh, decide. <clears throat> excuse me. What pitch? Uh, what pitches? He, he what pitch he wanted to throw, especially with runners on second base, where you got to use multiple signs and all that. One of the things that drives me crazy because I experienced game, playing behind Gaylord drives me crazy because they'll use five signs. The catcher will split, you know, guy on second base, they, they don't want him to steal a sign, so they use five of them, right? And then the pitcher shakes it off, and then they use go five more. I mean, if he wants to, if he gets to his third pitch. The catcher has wagged out 15, 18 signs at, at this point. You're going, what the heck, right? And and so what Gaylord used to do is that he had five pitches that he would throw, and he and he and the catcher had him labeled one through five, one, two, three, four, five. And if the if the catcher landed on three, let's say, and Gaylord wanted to pitch five, that he would just rub his chest with his glove twice and off he'd go here it comes and everybody knew what it was uh for example if if uh if one was a fastball and two was a curve and three was a slider and four was a changeup and and for Gaylord five was the spitter and and the catcher called for a, a three a slider and Gaylord wanted to, had already loaded up then he would he would wipe twice on his chest which added two and got to five and we all knew that you know that the you know, the wet one was, was going up there and he would do the same thing to subtract. If, if he wanted to throw a two, whatever the two was and catch a game of three, he would wipe down his leg and, and it, that subtracted, that went to two and everybody knew that the two pitch was coming, whatever they had for, for two. So in this scenario with, you know, 14 seconds, and especially with guys on base, they're going to have to figure something out. And uh, I like that a lot because there's nothing worse it was when I was at shortstop watching hitters not get in the box or running guys on second base and going through five signs and pitcher shaking off three, two or three times. It's like, oh, my God, let's go. And and so I think all of that is going to be very, very interesting and probably lead to some Gaylord Perry type of uh, processes now uh, for uh, pitchers and catchers. Interesting stuff. Uh, you know what? By the time we do our next gen music, I think teams will be reporting to spring training. I think things are going to get solved here fairly quickly. Again, we're recording this on Thursday morning, and there is no. And I think this is a big day for the negotiations. By the end of the day, we could have an agreement. Uh, so we're going to we'll table our actual baseball discussions till all that gets done uh, next week. It'll be Lavelle and Roy. I will be uh, on vacation, so I want to thank Brandon Morton, our producer. Thanks to Roy for his time today. And again, hopefully, and I think logically, by the next time we all get together, there will be actual baseball games.